Welcome in. Welcome back to the Always Irish Notre Dame Football Podcast channel. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you might notice a little something different about the setup. I don't know what it might be, but I'm sure you'll notice what it is. Uh, and, and in fact, you're, you're getting to see the inner workings tonight of one of my offices. Uh, there is a little Notre Dame decor in the background, but if you really want to, you can send me a fax. I still use a fax machine every day for work. So if, if you want to reach me that way, send me a fax. Uh, but regardless, we're trying something different tonight. This is coming out on video for YouTube. I'm going to record an audio-only version for iTunes, Google, Stitcher Play, all of that. Obviously, you can find me at Always Irish on YouTube. If you're listening to it there, obviously you know that. Twitter, at JKZND4, or just type Always Irish in the search bar. You will find me that way as well. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that's brought to you in part by Big Heads Media. This is going to be a short episode. This is not going to be a full episode. But something came up today on Twitter within the Notre Dame fan base that warrants its own discussion. This is something I've brought up. I've talked about this on this show before. And then today, Pete Sampson, the Notre Dame, longtime Notre Dame beat guy who's now with The Athletic, put this out on Twitter asking Notre Dame fans what they think and what their reasoning behind their answer is. It's an excellent topic to discuss in the offseason. I've covered it briefly on my show before and given you an alternative thought process to what I think is the most natural natural response you're inclined to give when this question's asked. So let's, let's go over the details. I don't want to misrepresent anything. I'm going to be as accurate as I can with how this was presented. And then I want to go over some reasoning and rationale, okay? So here was the question put to the public by Pete Sampson. It was, as a Notre Dame fan, Next year for 2020, would you prefer the regular season be 10 and 2 for Notre Dame, but we beat Clemson? Or would you prefer 11 and 1 with a loss to Clemson? The caveat with this that Pete applied to this scenario is in either one of these outcomes, 11 and 1 or 10 and 2. Notre Dame's guaranteed a New Year's Six Bowl. Now, we could debate, you know, we were 10-2 last year, didn't get into one of those. For this exercise, we're going to go with Pete's theory that 11-1 or 10-2, Notre Dame's in a New Year's Six Bowl. So then the question becomes, Mr. Mrs. Notre Dame fan, which path would you prefer? Now, here's where we need to start with this discussion. Where I want to start is saying the most natural response to this that everybody's going to have is you want the fewest losses as possible in a given year. That's the most natural inclination to respond with is 11-1 is clearly better than 10-2 and and, and we're going to a New Year's Six game, you know, wherever it, it may fall. So... I totally understand that philosophy. I think most fan bases in most situations 
would always say, what are you crazy? I'm not going to sign up for an extra loss. Give me the 11 and one, right? So, so I totally understand all that. I want to try and present another angle. I want to play devil's advocate to that rationale, which is perfectly logical. There's no way for me to sit here and tell anybody that wanting to have one last loss is a crazy idea. I'm not going to sit here and say that. I can't sit here and say that in good faith. However, I want to present the opposite argument to that logic. And, and I want to do it in a way that I think makes sense to me. And I want to explain it to you. And then we'll see what you guys think. Okay. So here's the, the first bullet point. And I got to get this out right off the jump. Number one is. This is an awful discussion to have to have. It's a terrible discussion to have to have. And the only reason we're in a situation where I'm even thinking of creating an argument that suggests having two losses could long-term be better than one loss in this next season, that's a crazy place to be working from. And that's exactly where I'm working from. It's a crazy place to be. Notre Dame has forced me to have to think about this because the last game we won that we shouldn't have won was probably at Oklahoma in 2012. You know how long ago that was? That's a full dog's life, damn near. Okay, so the only reason I'm entertaining an idea where I would maybe prefer two losses over one, as crazy as it sounds, is because Notre Dame has put me in the position to feel like it's responsible to take this angle. So it's a bad place to be. If we beat Georgia last year, for instance, I don't think I'm going to even promote this position as being anything I would entertain. This is a desperation discussion to me. Because if we won a couple of these big games between 2012 and now, I'm not inclined to do this or to entertain this path as being possibly uh, a reasonable way to think about it. But because we are so desperate to break the glass ceiling and beat a team we're not supposed to beat, because we haven't done it in so long, I'm desperate to the point where I might consider giving up an extra loss to get this win. So so let, let's go here down another chute. Another angle people have used with this is to go with the 11 and one saying it's a no brainer is if we go 11 and one, we're guaranteed a new year six, that 11 and one could put us in a new year six. That's also a playoff game. So that's one of the responses. that's very common on Twitter. Now, you know what I'm going to say to that. If you're a longtime listener of my show, you know, the first thing I'm going to say is. I don't believe Notre Dame's getting into the 14 playoff with one loss. That's where I'm going to start. That's my premise until I'm proven that it's inaccurate. The, the first year Notre Dame goes 11-1 and gets a playoff spot, I will scrap this theory entirely and say, I was wrong. I'm glad I'm wrong. Let's go to the playoff and make some moves. Until that point, I maintain especially in the current environment we're in, in college football, 11-1 Notre Dame's out of the playoff. That's my starting place position. You could tell me, John, in 2017, we had one loss early in the year. 
the first playoff rankings came out, and we were in it. So that means that if we would have won out and had one loss, we're in the playoff, right? I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that. We didn't make it that far because we pooped the bed the next week and then lost to Stanford on the farm to finish out the year. But even if we did, the one factor, nobody knows how it's going to play out, is when you got 11-1 Notre Dame sitting there eating Charlie Weiss's cheeseburgers while another team with one loss is playing a 13th game. So the reason the logic doesn't work to throw our initial playoff ranking in 2017 as a test case that 11-1 we would have gotten in. You cannot say that because we did not see how it plays out at the end of the year when we're all sitting at home and another team's playing. Until I see the committee pick 11-1 Notre Dame over one of those teams, I'm of the mindset it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen until I see it happen. So all of that preface being laid out there, here's my alternative argument to uh, the no-brain idea that you got to go with 11-1. and And I've talked about this before. Here's my thought. Notre Dame, we're all so desperate to get over the hump. And by over the hump, I mean beating an elite team. Clemson would be that. That's another argument I see, I've seen on Twitter today is, well, there's no guarantee Clemson's going to be that good. Barring injury, they're going to be that good. Have you paid attention? Do you know what they got going down there? The other thing is, how are you going to try and devalue to me the opportunity to beat the quarterback that's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft a few months after he plays us at Notre Dame Stadium, November 7th, under the lights? You're going to tell me that's not a big deal? Clemson might not be that good? You're full of crap. They're going to be good, whether they catch up random loss before they play us or not they shouldn't they play louisville early maybe they sleepwalk something dumb happens i don't know but i'm baking on the idea Clemson's is going to be pretty damn good and that quarterback we're facing is going to be the number one draft pick okay so lay that to rest that clemson might not be that good no i'm not even listening to that so here's my thought i could make the argument that it would be more beneficial long-term for Notre Dame in terms of recruiting, in terms of gaining and garnering some national respect, in terms of being able to put to sleep the narrative Notre Dame can't win a big game and every time they get in it, they poop their diaper. You could put some of that to bed, okay? You could do all that by beating Clemson. And I can make the argument that I value that more than going 11-1. and one. And you might think that's crazy, but, but I'll explain it. If you go 11-1 and one next year, nobody's going to complain about that. If you go, by the way, except for me, maybe. Because here's what 11-1 and one means in this scenario where the only loss is to Clemson. That means it's more of the same we've been getting. 11-1 and one with the loss to Clemson means we beat the 11 teams we should beat. And we lost to the one team that's good and better than us. How is that any different than 10-2 and two last year? Right? So if you want something different, you might be willing to sacrifice a game to have that big potential high upside showing. Beating Clemson, even if you lost to Louisville 
and Wisconsin or Wisconsin and USC out there to finish up the year. Even if you did that, yeah, it would be frustrating that you beat the best team on your schedule, an elite team, but it's not going to pay off in a title run because you have two other dumb losses. That's certainly going to frustrate all of us. However, I think some people are underestimating the upside that would come from upsetting Clemson. I'm talking about showing everybody, including the players, the staff, national writers, all the public, and the fan base. How can I put a value on showing we're capable of reaching a higher level of winning and potential? Even if we play and do stupid stuff and lose two of these dumb games, showing you're capable of raising up to the talent level of Clemson and beating them, and especially beating that quarterback, that's invaluable to me. That's what we've all been asking. How are you going to win the big game? When are you going to win the big game? I find that really, really valuable. And so I've had people say to me, John, that Clemson win, you know, all the polish would come off it if we have two other losses. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. When we have the biggest game, one of the biggest games of the year on November 7th against Clemson, everybody watching, and if we somehow were able to win that game, the credit we're going to get for reaching that level and knocking them off is not going to go away because we lose two other dumb games. Most regular viewers are going to remember that night. They don't watch Notre Dame-Louisville if we were to lose to them. Most John Q. public football fan isn't watching that ball game. So they're going to say, yeah, Notre Dame lost these other games. But damn, they took out the mighty giant Clemson and Lawrence? That's pretty impressive. So I don't think losing those other two games is going to wipe out any credit gained from beating Clemson. All I talk about all the time is showing we're capable of playing at a higher level than we have been, playing up to the competition in a big game, and winning it. The national credibility, the fan perspective credibility, all these stupid pollsters, all those idiots in the boardroom that put people in the playoff, it would raise the bar of what Notre Dame's capable of doing. Not theoretically, not potentially, you actually did it. You proved you could beat what's been, in my opinion, the most elite program the last handful of years. You want to throw Alabama in there, go ahead. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. To knock off a team like that, with the talent like that, with the coaching staff like that, with the quarterback like that, you get a lot of mileage out of that. Either one of these scenarios, Notre Dame's probably not winning the championship Anyways, 11-1, 10-2. I don't think you're making the playoff at 11-1. So either one of these scenarios, you're not winning a title anyways. So I'm making the argument for recruiting, opening up those eyes, have some kids going, wait a second now. I didn't know Notre Dame had this going on. I didn't know they had this going on. You go 11-1, lose to the one team better than you. It's pretty much what we've been doing every year the last handful of years. I might be willing to sacrifice that one other game when I don't think we're making the playoff anyways 
and trading that for a recruiting boost. Something you, a feather you could put in your cap on the recruiting trail, okay? Just putting to bed the factual argument that we never win any big games. 2012, Oklahoma's the last game we won that we probably weren't supposed to win. That's too damn long to be wearing this scarlet letter. That's too long. So desperate times call for desperate measures. I said that in my response on Twitter today. Me floating this argument and being open to this scenario to take another loss to have this win. This is not an evergreen, this is my position forever type argument. Because on the surface, it sounds kind of crazy. This is purely a, we're in a desperate situation for a big win. I might have to sacrifice something to get it type of angle. Like I said before, you beat Georgia one of the two times. I'm probably not saying this. I'm probably not saying this. But to get that monkey off our back in this extreme drought of winning the big game, I might be willing to do this. I really might. And I agree, it sounds totally crazy to sign up for an extra win, or rather an extra loss for the sake of this. But the shifting narrative it'll provide, the proof that it's not just us hoping, but the proof that you could play to that level and knock a team off with that much talent and that good of a coaching staff is really, really valuable. And it would be a huge, huge deal that would show factual evidence that this program's ready to turn the corner and maybe reach the next level. 11-1, losing to the one team better than you on the schedule, that's more of the same. That's more of the same. Now, I realize this is a high-level argument, 10-2, That's top-level stuff. I'm not saying, uh, you know, the program's terrible in either one of these scenarios. It's not. But to me, you know I've been talking about it. My focus is how to get over that hump. And if you break through that one time, maybe everybody gains the confidence that we could do this more often. Maybe that's the starting point to something. Isn't that worth one other game to you? Maybe. If we're not going to make the playoff and win the championship that year anyways, isn't that maybe worth it for that long-term game in credibility recruiting, getting the monkey off our back, shutting up all the haters, you never win a big game, all that kind of stuff. The confidence it, it would inject into the entire operation, fans, players, coaches, recruits, it would, it would raise everything just from that one game. That's how big perceptually, perceptually, I think this has the potential to be. You could call me crazy all you want, but next year, 11-1, losing to them is more of the same. It just is. It's more of the same to me. Now, you could say if we go 11-1, we might get a chance to play one of those elite teams in the New Year's Six. Say it's not the playoff because I don't think we can make it with the loss. So you could say under the 11-1, we would have a chance to play one of those teams in the New Year's Six game. I understand that, but that's kind of a nuanced detail that's not really the main focus of the point. It's, it's a primarily a regular season question. So that's why I'm not 
considering that opportunity as much. And Pete Sampson's guaranteeing we're in one of those games, not that we win it. In this scenario, we're guaranteed to win the way he phrased it. So what do you guys think? Tell me if I'm crazy for thinking this. I know a lot of people think I am because they just automatically 11-1 is better than 10-2. Totally logical. I totally get it. I'm capable of doing remedial math. Like, I understand that. I'm just floating the idea that in these extreme circumstances where we're lacking this kind of win, I might be willing to give up a dumb loss somewhere to have this because I think the impact of it could be that significant on the positive upswing moving into the next years. That's the other part of this. Doesn't have to just, that would not just be a next year thing. That's the other side of this I don't think people are looking at. You put that feather in your cap in recruiting, you're impacting the next three, four, five, six years with this win. That's something you have to count. That's something you got to value. That The benefit of winning that game is not going to end in that New Year's Six game. It's not. That's a big boost to recruiting right away. You can say that it's not. It is. It is. Those kids are paying attention to who's winning these elite-level games. Those kids are paying attention. You have facts that show you can hang, you can do it. You might have some kids interested in you that won't give you the time of the day right now because you don't win any big games. And they want to go and play for a winner. They want to go play for a winner. So tell me if I'm crazy for floating this idea and playing devil's advocate. I know it sounds totally bizarre and crazy. I might be open to it. I think those long-term benefits, cracking the glass ceiling, getting an elite-level win, might open the floodgates for Notre Dame to take off down the road. I'm open to it, but the overall fact is it's really kind of sad and pathetic that we're even in this position to have to discuss it. Everybody's just so desperate for a win of this caliber that you start you start playing these crazy games in your mind, like the last 20 minutes, right? But I've been boxed in by Notre Dame. I'm desperate for that big win. I'm willing to sacrifice some things to get it because I think it's that big of a deal perceptually. I do. So I'd be open to it. So comment. Tell me what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Am I a lunatic? I mean, you know I'm a lunatic. But am I a lunatic specifically for this? Or does my angle make sense here? I need that win. I need that win. I just do. So that's going to be it. This isn't going to be an hour, um, but I wanted to float this out there because it's a super interesting discussion and one that's sad to have to have. But that's where we are right now in terms of these marquee wins. So put in the comment section. Let me know what you guys think. This is a super interesting debate. And listen, I can't tell anybody they're crazy if you say to me, John, 11-1, I got to go with 11-1. I'm not going to call you crazy for that. I'm not going to debate you for that. But I just want to show the other side of this and to make people maybe think this decision isn't quite as easy 
as it seems on the surface. If you think about the long-term lasting effects that just one of these wins could provide. So comment, let's talk about it. Let me know also if you like the video stuff. Uh, if you're on audio only, it's not gonna matter. But if you're on YouTube and you like looking at a fax machine for 20 minutes, maybe you dig this, I don't know. But I wanted to try something different. We'll talk to you tomorrow.